Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Sheena Show. So this is me post Burning Man. Ah. (laughs) And post turning 42 years old while at Burning Man. Um, So I just kind of hopped on. This is honestly a pretty impromptu episode after the last three, you know, that whole Business 101 series that was very um, organized and planned out and strategic and action-oriented. This episode is going to be more on the personal side. So I hope you're okay with that. And maybe you're even like, ooh, yay, we get to hear about Burning Man. (laughs) Um, But I am also, you know, in talking about the personal, I kind of can't help but talk about my business because it's such a huge part of my life. So I'm going to talk about that too. Because right now, as I'm recording this, it is Wednesday, September 13th. Um, I just opened up um, our calligraphy courses again for enrollment. Um, they're at crookedcalligraphy.com slash courses. I'm specifically kind of focusing on my intermediate course all about calligraphy styling. So it goes beyond the basics and teaches you how to really develop a unique style of your own. Um, and we are going through that course live with our students, like in a live cohort all together. So there's accountability and deadlines and everybody can support each other. Um, we're starting that next Monday. So that's why I'm talking about it now. Um, and I promise it'll all tie in together, <laughs> all of it. Um, but I just wanted to mention that up front. And uh, okay, I told you this was going to be impromptu, right? Let me just start by saying um, thank you so much to everyone who expressed like real concern <laughs> that I was maybe like in danger at Burning Man or stuck. Um, For those who didn't hear the news, which I guess, I don't know why this happened, but like the news outlets, at least in the US, were like running with this story like crazy. It was all over the place. This story that Burning Man flooded and people were stuck and desperately trying to escape and in dire straits. Uh, I I guess the news just didn't have like better things to talk about (laughs) as if there's not a lot going on in the world. But there were these articles floating around everywhere and it made it sound really bad. So, you know, I at Burning Man, there's very little uh, cell phone reception and Wi-Fi. You can get it here and there. So all of a sudden, when I would walk into a, you know, I have a little bit of Wi-Fi, I got all these text messages like, oh my God, is, are you okay? Are you stuck at Burning Man? I <laughs> I heard all about it. And then when I, you know, finally got back, there were a bunch of emails as well from you all. So thank you for expressing concern and for remembering that I was there at all. Um, I am perfectly fine, <laughs> as you might have uh, concluded already. In fact, 
I had a pretty amazing time. And it did flood. I, I think it's the first time in maybe 20 years that this has happened or or maybe ever, but there was there was kind of significant rainfall, maybe the fifth or sixth day, enough that the basically Burning Man is on a dry lake bed, like a huge dry lake bed with a very particular kind of like it's made out of this very fine alkaline dust. So when the rain hit, it, it really did turn into a like a mud pit. Everywhere, slippery, slick. It would just build up on your shoes. It really like vehicles couldn't drive in it. Bikes got stuck in it. Uh, it was actually a situation. <laughs> but what happened is that it, it it was kind of amazing. Some people had, you know, a terrible time and were like, boo, rain. But so many people just kind of took it in stride. And we're like, oh, well, rain, there's nothing we can do about it. There's no point in crying or complaining about it. Let's just deal with it. So people <laughs> were coming up with ingenious solutions like, um, <laughs> One motto that will stick in my head forever is sock bag sock, because somebody figured out that if you put a pair of socks on, then a Ziploc bag over those socks, and then another pair of socks over the Ziploc bag, then you could kind of walk around in the mud without it building up all over your feet and without it getting so slippery and you could still kind of get around. Um, or some people were, were wearing like trash bags on their legs or just going out barefoot, whatever it was. You know, because we couldn't do anything about it, it's nature. You know, where a lot of us were in tents camping, stuff got wet. You just didn't have that option of crying about it. So then people went out and just continued to have a good time. <laughs> so, you know, me and my uh, husband and campmates, like we went and walked out still in the mud wearing sock bag sock and looked at some art and stopped on the way for drinks that people were offering for free and talked to people. And it just was a very, very interesting example of human resilience. And I will have to say the biggest thing that I took away from the experience was realizing how how very little we need to actually be happy. And I know this it sounds so cheesy and it's really hard to understand unless you've been through something like this where um, Burning Man is not a comfortable, convenient place. You bring everything with you. You're in the middle of, like I said, this dry lake bed. It gets incredibly hot and dusty. It can get really, really cold at night because it's in the desert. And you bring all your water, all your food, all your clothes. You're not, you know, there's no showers. You're you're going to porta potties. Like it's not comfortable, but that's kind of the point. It's kind of the point of anything like that, you know, going camping or backpacking or, um, you know, staying in a, a, a rural a cabin in the woods, like anything that kind of takes you out of this very plush, comfortable existence that we have, you know, most of us have built for ourselves in the U.S. or, you know, really any 
kind of modernized society if you're um if you have any kind of level of uh, comfortable income it's taking yourself outside of that and then you just kind of realize how adaptable you are and how you really just need food and water of course shelter and then you need good company and you need creativity that's kind of what i came out of this with people were happy um people were non-judgmental you could be completely yourself and maybe i should have started with this <laughs> if i had planned out this podcast episode but for everybody who doesn't know burning man is this 10 day um what to call it people who go to burning man do not like the term festival but it's a 10 day i guess it's a city that gets built in the middle of the desert with 70,000 people all bringing their own creativity, their own stuff to do. Like nothing is planned by the organization except the basic infrastructure. So everything that there is to do there is brought by the people who are attending Burning Man. All the DJs, all the places to dance, all the art pieces, all the places where you can maybe get a grilled cheese sandwich or watch some sort of entertainment or participate in a, you know, sock puppet show, impromptu theater, whatever it is, it's all brought by the participants. Um, and what's remarkable about it is that it's a place where you really can be yourself, and be completely accepted. Like how many places are there like that in the world? I don't know. And it's a place where you immediately feel like kind of part of a community because you've chosen to be out there in these appalling conditions, <laughs> right? It makes you a certain kind of person. So people are just kind of overall welcoming, smiling, offering gifts, accepting you, open to having a conversation. It's, it's pretty wild. And uh, I don't know, I guess the people who have been to it, maybe you know what I'm talking about, the people who have never been to it. Um, maybe you'll never go because it sounds like nothing you're interested in. And maybe it sounds a little bit intriguing and you'll look into it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I could go on and on about it. And I um, I did share a little bit of like photo and video on my um, Instagram stories. And maybe I'll make it a highlight so you can check that out if you want to. Um, my Instagram is at Crooked Calligraphy. So what has happened since I've been back from Burning Man and this I have come to learn is completely normal is a bit of a grieving period. That sounds so dramatic. But if you think about coming back from a long vacation, right? Or some sort of trip that takes you out of the norm and you where you've really enjoyed yourself and been in some place different and delightful. And then you come back to the real world, right? Everybody knows that feeling of coming back from vacation. It's kind of like that, but really magnified because of how extreme right, the conditions and the experiences are at Burning Man. And I here's where I get just like really honest. I've been feeling like just a lot of grief and sadness. Like I've been crying a lot. It's weird. And not in a in a bad way, but in a just like wow, that was something to go through. And I have been through a lot of just shitting on myself my whole life, self-criticism, negative self-talk, all that jazz, done to protect myself, earned completely honestly, 
um, you know, in order to make myself really, you know, fit for the world and successful in the world, but really like not allowing myself to be the full human being that I could be. And I think there's a lot of people out there, probably the majority of us, probably 99% of us who are living that way, right? Not really doing what you want, not really saying what you want to say, um, with maybe not exactly the life that you had hoped for yourself. And that grief comes with that. And I, I've been, you know, I've spent the last 10 years kind of moving closer and closer towards exactly the kind of life that I want. And I've come amazingly far, right? From a complete just doormat, people pleaser, my validation and worth hung on everything outside of me and nothing inside of me, right? When I was a corporate lawyer, when I was going to Harvard and getting perfect grades to now where I can definitely be more messy and just myself and trust that that's, that's good too. It's even better, right? It's way better. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional just now talking about this. Um, but this is kind of what I've been moving through as I've been back. Um, I got back late, late, late last Wednesday. So we ended up, we did end up stuck for like two more days than we thought. But, you know, like I said, it all ended up good in the end and it was an amazing experience. So here's why I felt like I wanted to record this episode. To One, to just kind of share honestly that like, I'm not feeling so good right now. And I'm in the middle of a launch, <laughs> right? We had this plan that like, okay, I'm going to open up enrollment to my courses. I'm going to really focus on the intermediate course. We're starting a new class. I'm hoping that some people will be, will want to join in and learn how to develop calligraphy style. All of that. It was all on the schedule is in the plan. Um, my team knew about it, right? We kind of set it in motion already. And I have been feeling like kind of met about it. And it, Maybe that's totally understandable, right? Given the whole, you know, I just went to Burning Man and hmm, this this year has not been the easiest overall. But I want to share with you what has really helped me kind of get out of this mucky sort of feeling. Because it, you know, can kind of, that kind of negativity can tend to pull you down into a spiral where like suddenly you feel like nothing is working and nothing is worth doing. And why am I even promoting this calligraphy stuff? And oh, what's it all for? What always reminds me that, oh, it's, it's, it's for something. It's for something really important is when I talk to my people, that's you. It's my students. It's the people that I've worked with. It's the people that follow me on Instagram or are on my email list and come to my live trainings. It's it's talking to you guys that gives me back that spark of like, oh, this is it's so worth it, right? I'm not at Burning Man all the time, and I'm I'm doing something with my life that like it really matters. So I'm gonna share three really concrete examples of students that I've been talking to recently and thinking about recently and their calligraphy business journeys. And what I realized about all three of these that connects them is that they are all hyper local calligraphy businesses 
And they're doing it in a way that is fulfilling and deeply rooted in their community. And they're really enjoying themselves with it. So I want to tell you really quickly about these three ladies. Um, I'm hoping to have some of them. Uh, I think one has been on the podcast, has been featured on the podcast, and I'm, I'm maybe hoping to get a couple more on here so they can tell you in their own words. But um, okay, the first is Danny from Rogue Letters, R-O-G-U-E Letters. That's her Instagram. I'll you know link all this in the show notes as well. But um, Danny was just DMing me literally today, like two hours before I sat down to record this. Um, Danny DM'd me and let me know that she has just opened a little calligraphy boutique and studio in um, her town or a town nearby her in the UK. So let me back up and, and tell you a little bit about Danny's story. Danny actually took Modern Calligraphy 101 with me in I think like 2018, very early, right? And then she loved it so much and she, you know, really got into calligraphy and she decided to take Modern Calligraphy 201 with me. And at the time in 2019, I also was kind of testing out this calligraphy boss's inner circle program where I led a group of about 20, you know, aspiring calligraphy entrepreneurs through the kind of starting a business process. So she was part of that group, the group, they still chat now, they're still friends. It was like a really amazing um, bonding experience. It was so much fun working with this group. But the cool, cool thing is that like, how long ago is that? 2018, five years ago, at least that she started learning calligraphy with me. She launched a business in 2019. At first it was called, you know, Marvelous Ink and that was the first iteration of her business and then eventually she kind of shifted to Rogue Letters and you know, she just has been steadily doing her business this whole time. And she's now at a place where she, you know, has opened this calligraphy boutique um in a like as part of a, a museum. So she's a kind of one of the museum shops, but she's her own little boutique. It's so cute. Um, I'll try and share some photos in the in the uh, show notes. And this is a like pretty rural area of the UK. So I looked it up on Wikipedia because <laughs> I don't know that much about the UK outside of London. I'm sorry, so American of me. But it's there's maybe like a hundred thousand people in her town. This is a small museum, and yet she was able to open this boutique. She does like, um, I think, chalkboards and mirrors and events, place cards, things like that for just local, local events and businesses. She teaches calligraphy workshops and in her boutique, she sells, you know, custom calligraphy and calligraphy tools and, you know, customizes gifts. And she just told me in the DMs, like, it's, it's a small studio within a museum, you know, in this riverside town called Beaudley. And, you know, she says it's still not finished. There's a lot of art and signage I want to put out on display, but it's been a hit so far. And she's so happy. I'm so happy, she says. I'm so glad I put on my big girl pants. These are her words. <laughs> I'm so glad I put on my big girl pants and did 101 with you. So that's like a pretty cool example, right? Of just hyper local. You know, D Danny, she does have an Instagram. She, she has like a, just a skeleton website, not much of a website, but she's, she's focusing on her local community and, you know, the jobs she can get there. 
And that's, that's amazing, right? Let me tell you about, okay, the second person, it's Amanda from Handlettered with Amanda. And she also lives, I, um, she actually, she was a business coaching client of mine, but she also, you know, has a small calligraphy business and she also lives in a really rural area. So she's just gotten creative with working with her community. Like she teaches workshops as well. And she just started teaching these um, calligraphy on the farm workshops, which that sounds so cool. She lives on a farm. She literally lives on a farm. And so she was like, if I don't have a, you know, can't find a space to teach workshops in, I'm just going to create my own space. And so she bought this like lovely little kind of pop-up tent so she could you know, under the tree, the huge tree on her farm and put a table in there and serve charcuterie and host these workshops in this just beautiful, quiet, peaceful place. Um, She told me, I was also DMing with her <laughs> like just an hour ago. And she told me she's, you know, reached out to the local pumpkin patch that's opening near her and is, you know, saying, hey, you want to, you want to do customized hand lettered pumpkins for your opening day? You know, Let's work together. She's partnered with like local cafes. Again, hyper local, community based. Not a huge online presence, not, you know, on Instagram all the time showing her face, like, but just really doing it like old fashioned, just local business style. And then the third um, student that I wanted to mention is Stacy from Kotoba, Kotoba Creates. I'll put this in the show notes. But um, she was a pro calligrapher bundle student of mine, and she purchased that just maybe a year ago. Yeah, a year ago, 2022. And she lives in Oahu, Hawaii, and is also just focusing on local community. She does signage for like, you know, the cafe down the street. Um, she just bought a laser engraver and she's doing kind of customized gifts with her calligraphy, right? Also to go in like local boutiques and stuff. Um, she re- she just posted uh, some keychains that she's created as a fundraiser for the Lahaina Fires in Maui. Again, just really community-based. So... I think about what these three women are doing and it really lights the spark in me again that this is important. This this isn't just about calligraphy. This isn't just about online courses. This is about giving people the sense of possibility, the inspiration, but also the concrete knowledge and guidance to actually make all this feel doable. Um, I think I heard from all three of these ladies. I I never knew I would have a business. I didn't know that that was open to me. I didn't think that I would be an entrepreneur or business owner until I saw that maybe it was possible, until I saw it modeled for me, until I had a concrete thing that I could reach for. And then once you start on that path, the, the cool, 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 coolest thing about business is not the money you make, although that can be really awesome, but it's, it's the stuff that you learn about yourself. It's you finding out like you have so much more potential inside you. It's you getting a peek into the fact that, oh, maybe I can make something of myself and create a part of my life outside of the normal nine to five, climb the corporate ladder, work for the man bullshit that 
I was taught. Oh, maybe there's a sliver of a thought that I can create something under my own power, from my own creativity, from my own hands, from my own skills, completely outside of that structure. And that just starts to get you thinking a little bit differently about who you are and what makes you valuable and what your place is in society and how you can continue to like make yourself proud and surprise yourself and how you can start to live in a way where you're not going to regret dying. I mean, regret dying. Is that the way to say it? <laughs> you know what I mean, right? We're all going to die. And it kind of, that's what makes life worth living, right? When you can remember that that's going to happen and that it's important to go have experiences and try shit. So <laughs> I thought that was going to be like a 15 minute episode and whew, I guess I can talk <laughs> when, I, when I go impromptu and have feelings and something to talk about. That is the episode. I hope that it inspires you to think that, okay, maybe I don't want to have a big old internet business like Sheena has. Maybe I don't want to be in front of a ton of people. Maybe I want to build something based in my community. Maybe I want to be hyper-local and just rely on word of mouth and connections and the relationships I already have with people. Maybe business doesn't have to be huge and complicated and growing constantly and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you know huge revenue revenue exponential growth is not the goal all the time maybe it can be small and steady and ordinary and built on relationships and maybe it can be filled with peaceful workshops <laughs> and small boutiques that you get to decorate exactly the way you want. And maybe business is not just about capitalism. Maybe business is about discovering yourself and what you're capable of. So if any of that is inspiring and you feel like maybe calligraphy might be the way to do it and you want to learn with me, go to crookedcalligraphy.com slash courses. All of them are open. So you can join my beginner calligraphy course, my intermediate calligraphy course, or you can get them all in the pro calligrapher bundle. And then you also get my um, calligraphy business starter guide course. And it just gives you everything you need to start to unlock this for yourself if it's something that really calls to you. So doors will be open until this Sunday, September 17th. Um, and then we're going to close them to the public so we can work with our students who are doing the intermediate styling course, and we can really go through that curriculum together. So crookedcalligraphy.com slash courses. I hope that this episode, despite it being impromptu, um, has been helpful. And uh, I will see you next time. All right. DM me on Instagram if you have any questions or want to, you know, send me a message. I'll talk to you next time. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, to just leave a rating on this podcast? And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. 
I'll see you next time.